0: All right, good morning church, how are you guys doing this morning? All right, you guys are fired up. And hey, I'm with you, Pastor Dan, it's so awesome to have our, our, our youth and young adults pastor in the house this morning. Dan, could you just wave your hands so everybody can get another glimpse of that beautiful man bun you got going on there. Awesome to have you, great things going on in our youth and young adults department, so proud of him. Um, and I'm with you, Pastor Dan. I think this, uh, this series of adulting, man, is just talk about perfect timing. You know, a lot of us parents, maybe maybe I'm the only one in the house, but oftentimes in, in, in the summer seasons, man, we kind of check out a little bit. You know, we kind of just, we don't, we don't pay attention to what we eat. Our kids watch a little bit too much television. We're really not engaged. We kind of just check out. But now we're having to go full throttle into adulting. You know, we got to start doing the laundry because it's going to pile up in the summer, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't, start doing laundry. I don't, I don't know, Pastor Dan. I don't worry about you, bro. But. Laundry, and just so many other different things, you know, so many different ways that we have to engage. See, I don't know if you're, if you're anything like me, but I grew up in the, the Boston, Massachusetts area uh, as a young kid. And I had this Nana. She lived in a high-rise overlooking Fenway Park, an amazing little apartment. It smelled like a chimney. She smoked all the time. But it was still amazing. I have good memories there. But I remember when one of us would pipe off with our mouth and we would say something that we were not supposed to. You know, she would rattle off the the five kids' name and the five grandkids' name because she had nothing but boys. So by the time she got to my name, maybe number six or seven, she finally got my name right. And she would say these words, boy, you need to watch your mouth. And, of course, being the the good little Christian boy that I was, the first thing on my mind, the first thing I would do is to start doing this. I'd look at my mouth and I'd say, well, I'm watching my mouth. What is it that I'm supposed to be seeing? What am I supposed to be doing here? And then, of course, you'd slap me up up in the head and say, boy, didn't you listen to the words that I am saying? You need to watch your mouth. And that's exactly what I'm going to talk about this morning. Watching your mouth. I want you to look at your neighbor this morning and say, watch your mouth. And I want to look at the other neighbor that you didn't want to talk to you and tell him, I'm sorry for what that person said. We're going to set things right this morning. But words have power. If you hear anything or nothing that I say this morning, I want you to understand that words have power. That life and death is in the tongue itself. But see, we live in a world that, that, that words travel fast, don't they? We see Facebook, Instagram, man, it just bad news travels fast. If something happens, if an earthquake happens in Antarctica where one person's there, everybody in the world hears about it in like 10 minutes. It's just amazing how fast information travels. See, I remember back in the day, dial-up, all my millennial friends and older, come on. Dial-up, remember the dial-up, you would have it in there, man, you're ready to download this program, you're so excited, and, and you hear the, the noise that we all know when AOL comes on, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and you're looking around, man, you answer that phone, you're going to die, and then all of a sudden somebody answers it, and they pick up the phone, and you're like, no, it was in halfway in the middle of, the, of a download, and it's gone forever. This new generation ain't going to know the frustrations we went through, guys. I'm just saying. But now if the kids don't get instant access in the middle of the wilderness, you know, where's my 4G? You know, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I should have it instantly. But what I'm getting at is words have power, but also they they travel fast. They travel fast in our lives, and, and the world's changing all around us. Instant communication. Texting, phone, uh, uh, Facebook, like I said, video, you can chat, video chat with somebody across the world. And even in the combat zone, man, I'm seeing military people like live streaming where they're at. I'm like, man, what are you doing? But that's how quickly information travels. And we also can be called at any moment. That's the one thing I love about technology, but, man, I hate it. I, I remember when my dad got his first car phone. You remember the car phone, Seinfeld episode, the big brick with the big giant cord that went around? Man, you thought you were it. Like, man, we got a phone in our car. Can you believe it? But, see, as, I, as I've matured and I, I'm pushing, getting close to 40, I'm not, I'm not quite there You got a few years. I, as I get older, I realize how much I hate the phone. Because people can contact me all the time. It doesn't matter if I'm on the john. It doesn't matter if I'm doing something else. People are always texting and calling me. I said, Man, I ain't the president. I ain't that important. Why do I need to have the phone with me 24-7, right? Come on, amen. I heard an amen in there. Come on. I ain't that phone. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I, had, I lost my phone, right? I forgot to bring it with me. We went to help somebody out last uh, yesterday, I think it was, yesterday or Friday. Man, it was liberating. I was like, will you hear that? It's nobody texting, nobody calling me. It's so good. But the downside of that is my wife couldn't get a hold of me, and I couldn't get a hold of her and communicate, so we depend on it. But I don't like the fact that I I just went on a tangent there. I'm sorry, but you can tell. You want to get a hold of me, text me. I'm just saying. But see, this is a work in progress. This is a work in progress that God's working on me. In, In the words that I say, how I communicate it, and also being willing and able to receive communication from other people as well. See, oftentimes when we find those difficult, emotional, challenging times, people do one of two different things. The first one, they talk too much. You know the rambler, the guy, that, the gal that just and they're just digging. I mean, man, you can see the hole they're digging. Man, ain't no shovel gonna get them out of that. And they're just digging and digging, and they keep talking. And you're like, well, you just stop, stop talking, listen, right? You got two ears, one mouth. Stop talking. And then you got the other person, who doesn't say anything, who just sits there in silence and like. Are you with me? Are you here? Right? There's two responses to that. And can I say both are bad? Silence is is, is almost as detrimental as speaking negativity against somebody. The silence, you see, I'm a glass half empty, you know, who's drinking my water kind of guy. I'm naturally pessimistic, so this is something that God has to work on in my life. But how do I communicate? What words do I I use to to communicate? Uh, am Am I reverting? Am I going into the silent treatment? Ignoring it, and then just because two days later the problem's just gonna just disappear and go away, even though there was no resolution. Come on, married people, you know how this goes. But you gotta come, and you gotta you have to communicate. It requires words. Emojis don't work. Smiles and fist bumps and making coffee and a rub is great, but you still have to communicate with your spouse. i just saying, I'm gonna move on. Words matter. I'm going I want us to look in Colossians chapter four, verse six. I'm gonna be reading out of the NIV version. And it's just one simple scripture, but it's so powerful. And it says this, let your conversation be always, not part-time, not when you feel like it, not when you've had the latte, and not when you just, whatever. You you are full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone that you'll have an answer with everyone yes you got some salt in there and you got some grace in there but man we got to watch how we communicate to our children we got to watch how we communicate to our spouse we got to watch how we communicate to our boss come on church we need to we need to understand and see what what and hear what what it is that we're saying this morning can i pray can we just pray this morning so father just ask that you would just allow me to get out of your way god this is this is your church these are your people God, they came to hear your words, but would it be life-changing, life-altering? God, would you radically shift some people in the the area of of words and communication and, and your timing, God? Would your timing be so crystal clear and so perfect in this moment that lives would change in Jesus' mighty name and everyone said, amen? So we create our world with our words. You know that negative dude that rolls up and there is a mosquito and everything he says, man, that environment is stinky. You don't want to be around that. Those words have power. Well, how, do you, how do you know, Pastor Rick, that words have power? I, I want to draw your attention to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Real simple, it's the beginning of the Bible. And it says, then God said. It doesn't say, then God emoji, then God mind. then God wrote it down. He said, then God said, let there be light. And then there was light. Not a little bit of light, but there was light. He just spoke it into existence. Matter of fact, he spoke each and every one of you into an existence. Not by accident. Your mom and dad had maybe said, well, you are an accident you weren't playing. You know, we went to the bowling game and we came home and one thing led to another. And you know, I'm, I'm here to set the record straight. You are not an accident. You are, you are designed by Almighty God in his image. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. Church, it's time that we start walking in it. Can I get an amen this morning? But he spoke everything into existence. According to NASA, the universe is continuing to expand and move forward. You know, we hear about the Big Bang. I'm sure there was a bang because there's a big God who spoke a big word into existence. And from this point forward, the the universe is continuing to expand. It's continuing to create because our God is bigger. And words have power. Words have power. What comes out your mouth right now it's shaping your world. Maybe you drove to church. You're smiley now, but the drive here was not so pleasant. You and your wife were bickering. Your children were crazy, distracting, you were swatting. I'm like flies. Am I gonna hit somebody? Come on, we could be real, church. But what were you saying? What were you communicating? Was it, oh, get out of my way. Lord bless you. It's good to be in church in the house today. It can't be just in church. It's easy to be a Christian in church. I got really quiet. It's easy to be a Christian in church. It's harder to be a Christian in the world. But we need to be set apart and we need to be different from the world. Because greater who is in me than is in the world. Amen. But we need to change how we speak. You're creating the environment around you, the atmosphere around you. The reason our our youth is exploding with growth is because Pastor Dan has taken upon himself with the anointing and the power of Almighty God to speak into our youth and to speak truth into our youth. To speak life, not death, to build people up, to encourage them. We need to do that in every facet in our life because it's simple as this. Positive, powerful, faith-filled words will create this kind of future. Negative, demeaning, death-filled words will not create the future that you want. So be careful what you say. This young adult generation, we need, to, we need to get somewhere, just unlock something in their head that says, stop identifying with people on Facebook and what your friends say and start identifying with how God identifies you. And that's a son, a daughter, an heir of all my, the almighty God. But see, I had this vision with Caldwell. It's crazy. I'm going to share it with you. I've shared it a few times before. But I believe that this whole entire building is going to be a youth auditorium where the city of Caldwell comes in, and we'll have youth, young adults, and kids. And that warehouse over there, that's going to be CFC Caldwell. And that empty two-acre lot over there, what that's going to be is a two-level parking garage because we are not going to have enough room to hold the people in the city of Caldwell. But it's words. I don't live on faith. I live by faith. There's a big difference. I am going to pray until I see, until I see it happen whether if it's me or the next pastor or somebody else but I'm believing that God is not he's not going to renege on his his words and he's going to say oh well oh, never mind I didn't mean that he's going to fulfill his promises he makes a promise he's going to fulfill it he's not going to back up on his word I'm just telling you but it's start timing it's time for us to change the atmosphere around us how we speak to each other in the church I I get you, you, sir, man, you you had a bad day. I get it. But be careful because there are things that you can say that are detrimental and destroying others and you don't even realize it. We fight not against the flesh, but what? The principalities of that that we cannot see. The spirit realm, as the Apostle Paul calls it. So be careful with your words because they have power. It's, It's a biblical principle of reaping and sowing. You sow negative junk. You sow. You, you throw out the D word in your marriage. You throw out the I'm done in the ministry. You throw out the whatever. You, those words have power and they stick like glue. And they're hard to get off. They're hard to shake off. Now you can with the power of Jesus. But your words have power. And they have impact all around you and you don't even realize it. Your kids, what are your kids hearing in your house? I get, you know, we we get in disagreements and we discuss and all those things. But I say this every Sunday. If your kids see you get in a disagreement, make sure they see the resolution at the end. Let them know that your God is good. Your God is faithful. Your God is big. So you can say, yeah, we had this disagreement. But look where God showed up. We both went to the cross and God redeemed the situation, changed everything. But it's what you speak. Careful, because you're going to reap it. I remember my dad used to say, oh, you're an Underwood. You just got this bad luck curse. I was like, man, we invented the the typewriter. How can we have that kind of bad luck? I don't know. But he would always speak this negative, like this, you're not going to, you know, you're an Underwood. You're going to have bad luck your whole life. And then at at some point, I just said, you know what? (laughs) One, I don't want that. So I don't know where that came from. But I said, Dad, in Jesus' name, I sever that. That's a soul tie I do not want to be a part of. And the moment I did that, the moment I actually spoke that out into existence, it changed my life. It changed every, and not just mine, but it changed my family's life. They no longer had that outlook of like, oh, woe is me. Our last name is Underwood, so for whatever reason we had this generational curse. We broke that. But words, the power originating from Almighty God broke that chain, broke that stronghold in our life. I'm not saying my last name is Rockefeller, but I, I'm not going to live under a curse, right? I know a lot of really poor people that are a lot freer and, and more liberated than I am. It has nothing to do with money. But man, the power of, of the tongue, it changes everything. We also release power, speaking of that, release power with our words, We look at Proverbs chapter 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. I don't see any in between or middle, like halfy, halfy this way. It's either death or life. Those who love to talk will reap consequences. You keep rattling on your mouth, you're going to have consequences. Know when to, and know when to communicate. But you can't do that when you block out God and you're like, "Nah, I got this. I got this. I got this. Yeah, you got it all right. And you're going to get it. But what I'm saying is, be careful what comes out your mouth because those words have power. You know, that sticks and stones may break my bones. You ever heard that? Absolute garbage. I don't know who came up with that, but it is so contradiction to the Bible. It's so contradiction to, the, to, to reality. That person who quoted that or who said that obviously had never been in, in a disagreement with a boss. Had never been spoken negatively by a boss or a coworker or a friend or betrayed. Words hurt. It's because they have power behind them. Words can build people up or they can break them down. I know some people, man, just with their tongue, they can just strip you down to nothing. But with that same attitude and that same spirit, if it's operating uh, in the spirit of God, it could build you up and edify you and encourage you. But you are the one that chooses how to use that. God's not going to force you. My daughter... I love my daughter, my daughter teaches me a lot of things <laughs> sometimes I feel like she's more spiritually ahead than I am, but so we're sitting there and we're talking about um so Peyton's asking my me and then then my wife, hey, you know when how old was i when i when I met you know mom's nana before she and she wouldn't say it before she and then she started doing this like this like motion like this turn i'm like what are you doing right now? she's like, you know before and i'm like and i and, And I'm looking at her, I'm like, honey, what are you trying to say? Because this doesn't look good. And she said, you know, before, and she wouldn't say it. And then she left, and I'm like, oh, and I gave her the answer. And I'm like, God, I don't understand this. And God spoke clear as day to me, and he said, she gets it. I was like, what do you mean she gets? She got something. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. But he said, no, she doesn't want to speak death because she knows that she's very much alive with me. She won't speak. My daughter will not utter the word death. Or the grave, because she understands that those are not permanent. What a, what an interesting concept for us to get as adults. For an eight year old daughter to teach me, man, I, I got lots of teaching and learning to do. Trust me. But to say that, she, I, I, he said, she will not speak it because she understands the power behind that. So when my wife and I counsel those who are, who are getting married or or in marriage, we say. If you ignore everything that we say, please listen to this one thing: never, ever, 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 under any circumstance. I don't care how heated or how whatever. Never use the D word. Never say divorce, because that's a word you say, man. You can't take it back. I don't care how much re- restoration or the process you go through, that still sticks. It hurts. It breaks somebody down. Maybe maybe, maybe you had a family like mine or a little bit of a broken home, a, a couple marriages or whatever. You know, if somebody spoke that into me, man, that just reaffirms all the negative behaviors and, and the negative stuff that I was kind of feeling for myself. Like, well, I guess my daddy, my granddaddy, whatever, I guess this is what my life's going to look like. But instead, say, I don't like you very much. I, you know, I'm having a hard time loving you. I still love you, but I'm having a hard time loving you. Come on. I, I remember when I married my wife, my father-in-law said these famous, famous words. Son, I know you love her. I know you love her. But do you like her? <laughs> words have power. I said, yeah, I like her. Sometimes, you know, we have questions. But I I'll always love her. But words have power. Be careful what you're saying. To your spouse, your children, and your family. And Proverbs chapter fifteen verse four says, "Gentle words are a tree of life; a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit." Mm -hmm. Proverbs chapter twelve verse eighteen, the scripture says, "Some people make cutting remarks. You know how those people that always got something to say, always just going to undershoot and underscore everything you say." Said, "But the words of the wise bring healing." Maybe there's not a healing because there's too much negativity. I remember Jesus at times, he would just remove everybody from the room. and said, enough of this. Unbelievers, negative mindsets, remove yourselves because there's a healing about to happen. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23 through 24, it says, from a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul. And healthy for the body. I, I really think that they should have put in, uh, sweet, sweet tea in there. But maybe the sweet tea wasn't around at that time. But it's the same idea. Words have power to bring to life. Anybody watch the show Mythbusters? Have ever seen that show Mythbusters? Nobody. Okay. I'm the only person that watches TV. You guys are always in your Bible. Okay. So I'm, I'm watching I'm watching Mythbusters. And they they had this great experiment. They want to prove that words don't have power. It's just rubbish. So here's what they do. They take two separate uh, groups of plants in two different greenhouses, same plant, same condition, same atmosphere. One, they had a CD player, just a person literally speaking positivity in that room, speaking life over the plants. The other one was either silent or just negative, like, you're not going to amount to nothing, you're worthless, like all these things, right? And to their amazement, when they came back, they went into both, and there was a radical difference. The ones that had been spoken to in a positive way, spoken life over, they had more biomass, they were more nutritious, they were more fruitful. The ones that did not, they were, they were dying. There was no fruit. They had no biomass. And they said, you know, let's take it a step further. Are you following with me this morning? I'm not just talking about plants. I'm talking about people's lives this morning. And and what I'm saying is, when they took the plants from the unhealthy condition, the unhealthy situation, come on, maybe you're from an unhealthy situation. Man, it's time to get rooted into positive, godly people that will speak life. Because what happened is they put that plant into a positive situation, and that plant not only just began to be revived, but it was actually more producing, more fruit, and more fruitful, and more bio mass than the ones that had been positively spoken to the entire time. man. So if you're like, man, woe is me, my situation, the cards, the dealt, I was dealt, whatever, man, get yourself into a positive environment. Get yourself into church. Get yourself around godly people that will speak life into you and everything will change in your life. If it can happen for a plant, man, it surely can happen to you. They were just basil plants. Just imagine that same power, what that could do in your life this morning. Because words have power to heal. Heal. In Jesus' name. In Psalm 107.20, the Bible says he sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. His word, snatching people out from the enemy. When you speak life into people and people come to salvation, literally God is snatching them from the grips of hell. Speak life over people in every situation you can. I remember this one young person, he was all thugged up, all ganged up. Man, God told me to speak to him this one time in church. He said, I want you to go over and share these words. I'm like, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a little afraid that this guy's going to shank me in the end. But, you know, I'll be obedient. I'll do it. You know, if I don't make it, you know, I, resurrection power in Jesus' name, I'm just saying. But I'll go over there. So I went over there and talked to him. I said, hey, look, brother. You know, I, I, quite frankly, I, I'm scared to death of you. But um, I, I got a couple words I just want to share with you. I have no idea who you are. I just want to share these words, and it was to the effect of God sees you right where you're at. You haven't been forgotten, and it's time to walk in your purpose, son. It's time to lay everything down that you've been wrapped up in, and it's time to be released of all that stuff. I said that. I'm like, looking around. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm good. Prayed over him, and nothing happened. Like, I didn't get this smoke and, oh, I didn't get any of that. I just got. I just walked away. But did you know that one kid, I think is a young adult now, he is more on fire for God than anybody I have seen in that young adult generation. His whole demeanor, his whole dress code, his whole, everything has changed in his life. Because he recognizes with the power of Almighty God and the word that was spoken, not my word. It wasn't because of me. I was obedient, yes, but God did all the work. The atmosphere was already primed. You know, we talk about the great evangelistic calls in the Bible. The atmosphere, I don't think the message, the message was probably good. But I don't think it was super, super amazing, awesome, the best message ever preached in the world. I think the atmosphere was already primed and somebody was just willing to step in obedience and listen to God and preach the gospel and see thousands and thousands of people saved. It's time for us to stand up, church, in those awkward situations. But I'm telling you, the more authority God gives you, the more potential your words have the power of life and death. As a pastor, we can tell you, man, we, hold, we don't hold that burden lightly. Every time I walk up on this stage, I say, Lord, don't let me mess this up. People did not come to hear me. They want to listen to you. They want your words. Ain't my words going to be breaking no chains. It's going to be his words. It's not my anointing. It's the anointing that he gives me. There's a big difference. I don't want to take credit for that. But words changes everything. Dad's, mom's, pastors, bosses, leaders. Your authority enhances the potency of your words. You could break your child down and have everlasting effects by the words you use, by the way that you use them. Choose wisely. There's a lot of responsibility. Choose your words wisely because they have that much power. Speak what you seek until you see what you've said. Speak what you seek until you see. What you've said. I seek and I see amazing purpose and potential for my daughter. And I'm going to continue to speak that into into an existence. I'm going to continue to speak life over her. That no matter what she goes through in life. No matter what challenges. She will always have the foundation and the rock of Christ in her life. And I will continue to pray until I'm on my, my little rocking chair in the front porch with my shotgun and my latte. And I can see it. Come on. But I'm going to keep praying it until I see it. And, and finally, adulting as a Christian means you got to control your words. Watch your mouth. Maybe, maybe you grew up with me and I, I grew up with a bunch of sailors, honestly. None of them served in the Navy, but they were a bunch of sailors. All Army, Marine Corps. But they couldn't end a sentence without dropping the F-bomb. Like that was the period in their sentence if you get where I'm going at. So it was hard to break that. And then I joined the, joined the military. Absolutely did not help that at all. Then I joined law enforcement. Certainly didn't help that whatsoever. So I had some challenges. I'm just saying. We all got challenges that we got to work through. But you got to watch your mouth. You got to see what, what is it that you're saying. How are you saying it? See, I look in James chapter 3, verse 2, and it says this in New Living Translation. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. Come on, church. We make some mistakes. Parenting, all that stuff. Adulting, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. It's interesting that the tongue has absolutely no bones, but yet has the ability to break them and your heart. Think about that for a moment. It has absolutely no bone structure whatsoever in your tongue, but man, you could destroy and crush people in an instant with a word. Just one word. Doesn't mean to do a whole sentence and you speak in this. Just one word can crush them in an instant. The power of the word. We've got to be careful what comes out of our mouth. Man, if you could control your mouth, man, you'd be perfect, but you ain't, and you're not going to, but you could try. Say, so God, man, I can't believe that just flew out my mouth. And just because you don't say it, if it's in here, it still counts. Just saying. You might not be saying, you might be speaking it, but you're like, you're speaking a ton. Shut up, I key off. you know. It's, what is it that you're saying this morning? I just want to challenge, I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to go somewhere I don't want to go this morning, so I'm just saying. But it's possible to say the right thing in the wrong spirit. Okay, well, Pastor, what do you mean? I'm glad you asked. Acts chapter 16, verse 16. I want you to look at this now. It says, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell fortune. She earned lots of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you about how to be saved. You think, Pastor, that sounded good. It was scripture. But it was operating in the wrong spirit. Do you really think that that slave girl who was telling fortunes was really like, oh, oh, this, this is it. This is the way. No, it was condescending. Like, yep, these are the ones that are going to tell you all about Jesus and how you're going to get saved. There was a condescending evil spirit operating within her. It was not godly. You know that, that, that time when... You're trying to introduce somebody in your family to somebody that you don't like you're like they're there at that party and you're like, well, hopefully I remember your name, but you're trying to introduce them and you're like and it's just that spirit you you know everybody knows you don't like them, and you're like, "This is my boss like that's what i'm saying it's operating in the wrong spirit maybe it's maybe it's your spouse you're like that's her right but now. What I'm saying is actually true. That's her. She's she's my better half. This is my spouse. But what spirit am I operating in this morning? Am I saying, that's my spouse, my better half? I am so blessed to have her and joyful. That's my boss. That's my pastor. I had a, oh, it's my pastor. I'm like, is that a bad thing? Or what? <laughs> and it just gets all awkward in the room. You know what I mean? It's like everybody changes, like, oh, I, I haven't been going to church for a while. You know, you just get weird conversations. It's just, come on, let's just be real, church. We say matters. How we say it matters as well. What kind of spirit are we operating? In that makes all the difference. We look in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit, but you must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world: preachers, teachers, evangelists, people in the church that are quoting scripture, that are saying truth, but operating in the wrong spirit. If it brings division. It's not of God. Correction comes from the pulpit. I know that, that's, that's a little heavy, but I'm just saying. We just dealt with that. So I'm going to move on. But what spirit are we operating in? See, a lot of times we're like, oh, the false teachers, the false prophets. We focus in on that. But how about we take a look at ourselves? Are we our own false prophet? Are we saying truthful things outside of the spirit of God? By the way is not of God, therefore it's wrong. If you're quoting scripture simply just to, like, justify a place in your life, how about going to the next verse? How about going to the next verse and seeing the whole picture rather than just, the Bible is not a slot machine. I'm just saying. You can't pull it and just something good comes out. I'm just saying. You need to test your own words. I got a diesel truck. Man, if I put gasoline in that truck, my wife will be upset with me first and foremost. But you know what's going to happen to that truck? It's going to be inoperable. The engine's going to be destroyed. It's going to be useless. This beautiful truck's going to sit there and it's not going to do me any good. You know how much work is going to be required? You sensing the spiritual element here for us? What's our source? Is your source the word? Is your source Facebook, the news? Come on, you give millennials a hard time. Fox News, Drudge Report, it's the same garbage. CNN, I I don't care what it is. But what's your source? What's your source this morning? It makes all the difference. Because it could be damaging and a lot of repair is going to be needed if the source is incorrect. The power source of your tongue is one of two things. It's either heaven or hell. There is no in between. There is no purgatory. There is no middle whatever. Great whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever you're speaking is of heaven or it's of hell. It's as simple as that. So just check yourself up. Look in the mirror. It's easy to point at Joe or across the street like, man, your words are stinky. Every time you come in here, it's awful. How about we take a look at ourselves this morning and see what it is that we're saying. I look at James chapter 3, verse 6. And among all the body parts, the tongue is the flame of fire. It is the whole world of wickedness corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. What is your tongue running on this morning? What is the fuel source of your tongue? And what spirit are you operating with? You can also say the right thing in the wrong way. You ever download this? I just encourage you to do this. I learned this the hard way. I downloaded one of those speech-to-text things on your your computer program. I think they probably have apps to do that. It was amazing. One, I'm not enunciating because there's a lot of spelling errors, but there's explanation points and capital letters everywhere. I'm like, do I really talk this way? Apparently I do. But oftentimes maybe you have that friend that you're just texting about coffee. Like, hey, bro, you want to go to coffee? And then you get an answer in all caps with an explanation point. You're like... Oh, okay, well, okay, maybe not having a good day. And he texts again, and then finally gets to the point and say, bro, why are you yelling at me? Why are you all in caps? Why are you yelling at me? See, the way in which we communicate makes the difference. Your disagreement, guys, you get in that disagreement with your spouse, and then you, you kind of walk away. There's really not a whole lot of res- resolution, restitution there, and then you come back, you know, all suave, and the hey, baby, how, how, you do, how are you? How are you doing? And then you get this, I'm fine. Come on, guys, you, you've been on this planet long enough to know that word fine actually does not mean fine. That, I, I don't have a master's degree in communication, but I can almost rest assured that you're going to be sleeping on the couch if you hear those words. But it's a lack of communication, communicating in the wrong way. And how are you communicating? All caps. I'm just saying, you hear that word fine, boy, you better be praying. That massage and that latte and that nice dinner is not going to be enough. I'm just saying, communicate. Proverbs chapter 17, and I'll, I'll wrap it up here. Whoever restrains his words by, has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. The right thing or answer in the wrong way is wrong. It's also possible for us to say the right thing in the wrong place. Know your audience if you're getting married, you're having a baby, don't text it to your best friend. Don't Facebook message your friends. and say, hey, do you want to be my best man? Come on. D-. Face-to-face, nothing will ever outdo face-to-face. you got something important to say, man, you better do, do it face-to-face. Don't do it on text. Don't do it on Facebook, Instagram, whatever thing you use. The environment makes a difference. Know your surroundings. I'm not saying be fearful of them. Just know your surroundings. And finally... It's possible for us to say the right thing in the wrong timing. And I'm going I'm to end here. Timing, God's timing is everything. It's not just something. It is literally everything. You can walk in a ministry. You can walk in a marriage. You can walk in a job that actually was intended for you. But in the wrong timing. And it will lead to destruction. It will lead to burnout. It will lead to all the things that God did not want you to walk in simply because you walked out of his time. So I, sometimes I get frustrated. I'm just going to be honest with you. My God, you're, you're so powerful. You're bigger than all of it. But man, sometimes I feel like you cut it right to the last second. Light last second, like, man. But what I've noticed over the years is stretching my faith. I'm leaning on him more than I am on myself and my understandings and my ways. He might cut it short and it might not be on your timing, but he is never, ever late. Because his... De- his divine timing is perfect. So maybe there's somebody in here this morning, man, you're just waiting for the, man, God, when is it time? When is it time for the, this marriage to just finally just get the kinks worked out? When is it time for me to quit my job and move into the next career or job? When is it time for me to walk in that ministry? I know I had that call in my life. Continue to seek until you, you see what you prayed for. Don't lose heart, don't lose faith. But I'm telling you right now, you do not want to operate out of God's timing. I've done it. It doesn't lead to good things. <laughs> Something good and the wrong timing is bad. It's like, but I was called. Yes. But not as a time such as this, but a time such as that. But oftentimes we, well, God, I got this great word I want to share with somebody. I, I, I think it's going to break some walls and some chains in their life. But we need to heed because oftentimes the timing is off. Or even more so, it's not for anybody else. It's for you. But we got to listen. we got to have that discernment to say, God, I, I want to elevate this, these people into this place of ministry. But not, not my will, not my timing. Is it the right time, God? See, we need to lean on God more and more in those situations and circumstances in our life. Because the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing.